Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Rusty Quill presents. Nice. What did you say? Nice. As in, that was a nice line you just used. Cool and cliffhangery. I wasn't just feeding you a cool line. Some serious shit happened to me. Sorry, I believe you, Monica. I still thought it was nice. How did you get back to the limbo, whatever you were in before? Same way Jakey did it. Closed my eyes. Wished really hard and clicked my heels together three times. Did you really? What do you think? Everything except for clicking the heels. I don't know. Maybe you did? Okay, fine. I just clicked them together once. Happy you got that out of me? For some reason, yes. Once I was back in that nowhere land, it was time for a reassessment of sorts. I was confident that while there was a lot more people in the States who now knew about the possible existence of Ostium, all they had was some random sign, and no one had a hint of an idea about anything called the Ostium Network. But, as Jake has pointed out to me at least once or twice, 
I just wasn't thinking fourth dimensionally. I'd do it with love. I know, Jakey. But to badly quote the same movie we're all so fond of, I've got a time machine. I can pretty much do whatever the fuck I want. And I was thinking about how far the word and knowledge of Ostium might have traveled, not just across the globe, but in other instances, other tangents of reality. We already know that the Ostium Network does a great job of sinking its tenacious time-traveling talons pretty much everywhere and everyone if they want to. Okay, I'm sorry, but I just have to give you mad props for that fantastic bit of alliteration. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too, Mum. Why, thank you. I'm pretty proud of it myself. Just rolled off the tongue. So, I needed to broaden my horizons and broaden my search. I thought about where it should start and settled on the time and place when the city and rock of Gibraltar ceased to exist and instantly became the Ostium Network. I was combing the interwebs for any mentions of Ostium and started to find some chatter. Not much, but there were hints of a small hidden town on a tiny island called the Azores. There are small island groups specifically in the middle of the Atlantic, and the island of Santa Maria is off to the east, and there's only one decent-sized town on the island, Villa de Porto, with a population of around 5,500. That's where all the activity was. But there were a couple sightings of something in the center of the island where there was this dense, lush forest reserve called... Oh, damn. Hang on a second. Let me focus on getting it right. My Portuguese isn't what it used to be. You really speak Portuguese, Mum? A little. Picked up some in my worldly travels when I was building shit around the planet, and it actually stuck. So it's called... A Reserva Florestal de Recreo Mato de Alto... Not that the name is that important. Something about flower reserve in a high place, essentially. One tourist thought they'd seen some buildings. Another that it was an old ruin. And another had passed over in a helicopter and seen some sort of settlement. It was enough for me to go on, and I needed to be sure. So I did the old vanishing trick again. Closed my eyes and wished to be in this middle-of-nowhere place. Just like you did, Jake, when visiting somewhere new, I arrived with my eyes closed and started with a deep breath. I smelled lush greenery, soaring trees, and tropical forests. And then I opened my eyes and choked. It was gorgeous, eye-wateringly gorgeous, and smelled like... like fucking awesome nature does. And the few short eyewitness accounts had been totally correct. There was a town before me, but it was also a ruin. From the air, it would look overgrown and retaken by nature. Think something like Angkor Wat. There may have been people living in this small town at one time, but now there is no one. Probably some animals, because it had become a local ecosystem. I don't know what kind of animals they have there in the Azores. I walked up to the gate and saw a familiar lock hanging from it, only this time with a new shape. Pentagonal. Okay, not one of mine then. It was busted so I wouldn't have any trouble getting in. 
Not what I'm used to with Ostium or the Ostium network. I hadn't seen a sign anywhere on the outside. Maybe there was one somewhere on one of the roads, but I didn't think it was likely. If there ever had been one, it was long gone now, because this place looked ancient. Like it hadn't been inhabited not just in decades, but centuries. I walked inside and saw it was totally fucking run down and abandoned. Piles of rock all over the walls had started crumbling, as well as the buildings. And, and yet, after all that, it still looked and felt familiar to me. Because it was a familiar town. Because it was Ostium. Because it was a different Ostium. I'd confirmed what I'd been wondering all along. That the Ostium Network hadn't just created one Ostium town. They created at least two. And my best guess was there were one or two more, at least. Which was terrifying in its own right. But as I looked all around me, I could tell that this place wasn't another one of Ostium Network's successes. uh, If you could call the town of Ostium any sort of success. I guess they had, in a way, proved what they had set out to do which was create a way to travel through time. But this place, this, this place... This couldn't be considered anything else than a failure, and whoever had been here knew and abandoned it like an unwanted pet or a child. All the buildings looked sad and forlorn, where the windows should be or whatever futuristic material the Ostium Network used for what they called glass... There were nothing but broken, jagged holes. Guess it wasn't as tough and impenetrable as it seemed. Although, I doubt it was just the wear and tear of nature that caused all this destruction. Something clearly very wrong had taken place here. Something devastating and finite. I walked over to the closest building. While the structure seemed fractured and beyond repair, the doors still seemed solid. The number on it was covered in the dirt and grime of the passage of time. I spat on my hand and vigorously rubbed at it. Two, four, six. A high number. Didn't mean anything to me. But then the numbers never really did, did they, Jake? Not as far as I've ever been able to tell. There never seemed to be any pattern or logic to the numbering system, and you could never predict whether you were going to go forward in time or to the past, until Ostium changed or twisted its mode of operation to mess with my fate, or whatever you want to call it, when I started being able to predict to some degree if we'd be going ahead or back, and then visiting one of the old haunts from my own life. Plus the occasional crazy fucked up earthquake or untethering. Yeah, who could forget those wonderful incidents? Not me. Me neither. Either way, I tried pushing open the door, turning the handle, anything that might make it open or budge. (sighs) Couldn't help but remember the time I'd been in this predicament before, when you were sleeping, Jake, and I wanted to see if the doors would open for me. And then there was the time they did, and I faced all manner of banshee horror on the other side. So, I'll fully admit, I really hoped it stayed closed. And thankfully it did. 
Whatever magic beans had been spilled to make Ostium allow its doors to be opened for me had either failed or ceased to work in this other Ostium. But like I said, I was totally fucking fine with that. So then I got to do something I don't think any of us have ever gotten to do before. I got to peek in through the window of a building in Ostium, or one of the towns of Ostium, I guess, to be exact. And it was horrific. might have been Pompeii. Couldn't be exact, and I only got snapshots. Like a flickering series of images, but sort of in slow motion, so I could see all the gory detail. There were so many people being killed, smothered by boiling hot ash, hit by falling rocks. It looked like it was the end of the fucking world. But it was just another volcanic eruption, except there happened to be a Roman city beneath it. I think... I think whoever it was, or maybe it was more than one person, used this door to travel back there, to the eruption of Vesuvius and the end of Pompeii. Only they totally picked the wrong fucking spot to arrive in, and the wrong damn time and were completely caught up in it. Victims of their own dream of time traveling. It had gone the worst it possibly could, and now they were part of history, I guess, in a really terrible way. I couldn't take any more. I needed to move on. I could have gone straight to the next building over, across the street to that one that was across from me, but everything just looked so damned fucking bleak, so I wanted to change it up. I decided to be completely random. Yes, I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but you know what I mean. I went down one street, and then another, and then one more for good luck, and then just stopped and stared at one building. Then, really giving into that spontaneity, I turned around and went to the opposite building, stopping in front of the door. And I shit you not, the number said 246. Again. I wasn't going to bother trying the door, knowing I'd just be dealt the same cruel joke. But I did go over to the fucking window, feeling an undeniable and unavoidable sense of intense fucking deja vu. Then those images came again, unbidden and even more horrific. Now I saw people on fire, melting in a river of lava, their flesh being boiled and blistered, and they screamed in agony. These terrible events were much worse than what happened at Pompeii. But I could see it was the same place, the same buildings, and even some of the same people. This was another tangent where things were even worse for the Roman people. And in this chain of events, not a single person got out alive. 
I wrenched myself away, barely stopping myself from falling on my ass. Jesus, those were some horrors I never wanted to fucking see again. But I felt the curiosity growing in me. The wonder asking, should I? If I'd already seen two possible manifestations of the eruption of Vesuvius on the people of Pompeii, would another show me a tangent where things weren't so bad? Where the eruption wasn't so violent? Or where they'd known and, and understood more and could have gotten to safety and been rescued sooner? I, I had to find out. I had to be sure. I ran as fast as I could this time to door number one, the clock tower. I wanted to find a place of rest first, a place of tranquility, and the clock tower had always been that place for me, for all of us. It didn't take long to get there. I reached for the door handle and, and, and then stopped. This door didn't have a big old number one on it, like it fucking should. It said two, four... Six. The handle didn't turn. The door refused to open. I stepped slowly over to a shattered window and leaned in. The people were all staring at me now, covered in blood from eyeballs to toes, naked and resigned to their inevitable deaths. Behind them, the volcano spewed lava so red, it looked like a geyser of blood. That was fucking it! I got the fuck out of there as fast as I could. I didn't care if there was a building with a broken window showing me some shiny, happy Pompeians, because I knew it didn't fucking exist. This ostium was broken and rotten to the core. No good could ever come of it so I didn't waste my time. I ran out the front gate just in case there was some bad vibe, timey-wimey stuff in there and closed my eyes and sent myself onto the next ostium when I hoped would be better than this one because even if it was an infinitesimal amount, it would still be better. It would still be worth it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
I knew it was Ostium again right away, just like you could recognize your childhood home at any time, or the place where that special thing happened to you, which you'll never forget. And at the same time, it felt totally fucking alien and wrong. The first thing that caught my eye was the stone ceiling. Oh, yeah. There was stone all fucking around me. Stone ceiling, stone floor, stone walls and all the buildings ahead. A stone archway surrounding the open gateway I'd just appeared in. Stone as far as the eye could see. And not your familiar gray-looking stone, but a kind of sandy ochre color. It definitely gave off a vibe, like those homes we visited of the Anasazi. The ancient ones, yeah. They were built right into the side of the mountain, kind of like cave dwellings, only much more elaborate. And they use them for storage, too. Yeah, it was similar. But I knew it was real different, too. There was just the impending sense of a great weight above me. And then it clicked. I was underground. Wait a minute. A town of Ostium under the ground? Like subterranean? Yeah, now you're starting to get an idea of how much this freaked me out once I realized what the fuck was going on here. I believe your word of choice, Jake, would have been discombobulating. Guilty as charged. I was literally about to say that. Do I know you or what? Never had any doubt. So, after getting my below-sea-level bearings... Hey, have you ever heard of Cooper Petty? Jake, you totally ruined my cool line. Yeah, I got it, Monica. Below-sea-level bearings. It was funny. Sorry to interrupt, but this thought just came to me. Sort of sounds like you stuck the first two random words that came into your head together, to be honest. No, I'm telling the truth, and I'm sorry, Monica, but when you said this ostium was underground, it got my little gray cells going, and it just came to me out of the blue. It's this old mining town in the middle of the South Australian desert. They built a bunch of houses literally underground because it's like 120 degrees average there during the day. But in their cozy underground abode, it stays in even 73 degrees, and they all totally love living down there. Oh, is that the end of your rant? Well, I don't think I'd call it a rant, exactly. Sorry, Jake, I do have to defend my mum here. You did severely interrupt her and throw her off her rhythm. I know, but Cooper Petty just came into my head. I think you just like saying those two words. I notice you don't. That's because I still kind of think they're made up. Aren't all words technically made up? And would you like me to punch you? Uh, no, thank you. Not at all. Please continue. As I got closer to some of the buildings, I was able to confirm that the doors were still wooden, and there were numbers in the usual spots. And yes, the numbers weren't the same this time, which was an immediate fucking relief to me. Also, I noticed how mild it was in this underground ostium. Did you really? I did. If I had to pick a totally random temperature, I'd say it was around 73 degrees. But this time, I wanted to go straight to the clock tower first. And it was in the exact same place it should be in any ostium town. Except the clock tower went up through the ceiling. I couldn't see the top of it, and I don't know if there was a clock at the top or not. I guess maybe it went all the way up to the surface, however high that was, and the middle of the hot desert was this 
weird pointy clock tower sticking out of the ground. But I just ignored it for then, turned the handle, and pushed open the door and stopped in my tracks. Any ideas what the first words out of my mouth were? Um, I'll take a stab at this, Mum. It'll only end bad for you, Jake, if you try. Agreed. I would hesitate to guess, but not really. You said, and I quote, What the fuck? Bingo! (laughs) You and the car and the house and the swanky vacation package. What? It's a 90s thing. Sorry. I get it, Monica. It still doesn't get you off the hook for what you did earlier. The reason I said those exact words almost emphatically was because the inside was much like the outside. All stone made of sand. There was the same furniture you'd expect to see in the clock tower, minus our personal items, naturally, table and chairs and map table, but everything was made of sandstone. It was like there'd been an intense sandstorm and then a bunch of time had passed, and it had all hardened and turned to stone. Or the sandstone version of Medusa showed up. Okay, that's good. I'll allow it, and you're forgiven for your earlier interruption. And this one. Because I do think something like that happened. Uh, obviously not actually fucking Medusa. I'll, although now that I'm saying it and actually thinking about it... I guess it's possible in some Ostium universe or tangent. I did check three other buildings going in order and found a very weird sandstone Roanoke, a trippy sandstone Mary Celeste, and a solid sandstone Martian base, which kind of looked like the rest of the Martian landscape, so that was a little more underwhelming. And I took that as enough evidence this place had gone through something. Whatever they'd done here, it had really fucking backfired, and now everything was made out of the same material as the surrounding geology. Was this caused by one of the Ostium Network peeps going through the wrong door, going to the wrong place, or going to the wrong time? Had they brought back something they shouldn't have? Did this happen when they did whatever they did to manifest the Ostium Town in this location? In this reality? Or was it a case of the town appearing and fusing with the sandstone or making everything just turn into sandstone? Maybe they crossed the streams or fucked up the calculations and it all backfired in this way. (sighs) Did anyone get caught in the crossfire? Killed or turned to stone? Maybe I needed to start looking around for any body parts poking out of the sandstone walls or ceilings. Although, as I had that thought, I knew I most certainly wasn't going to fucking do that. Or maybe Medusa showed? Sure, maybe Medusa showed up. Maybe they did something to royally piss her off and she decided regular stone wasn't good enough. This time it was personal. And she was using fucking sandstone magic on everyone and everything. I suppose it's another possibility to add to the ever-growing list of just what Ostium can do to you, and proving the point that it doesn't give a shit. And nor does the Ostium network. Right, but what do you mean? Because this wasn't the last Ostium town I encountered. There were two more, and they made the first two seem kind of tame. Oh, shit. Oh, shit indeed. I arrived, or maybe landed is a better word. Ah! Oh! I slammed into the wall hard, definitely rattled my cage for a bit, 
And once things settled, I kind of wished I'd stayed dizzy and unfocused because I was up in the air, like way fucking up high in the air. I could see way, way far down below, all green and yellow and brown solid ground, meaning I was at least a cruising altitude of 30 plus thousand feet, except I wasn't safely protected inside a moving metal plane, but in another ostium. And the ground wasn't even fucking flat here. Everything was severely tilted to the right, which was why as soon as I'd landed, I'd basically started falling and just managed to stop myself planting face first into the wall of an ostium building. I flipped myself around and then noticed a lot of really fucking shocking things all at once. The first two I've already mentioned, and the third one was that I wasn't inside the town of Ostium exactly, no. I was on a piece of the town of Ostium, and this was just one of many pieces scattered all around me, like someone had just tossed a box of puzzle pieces on the floor, except the floor was the sky in this case, and the puzzle pieces were parts of this Ostium town I was in, and... I was precariously gripping onto the wall of the half-building that was on one of those pieces, trying my best not to lose it, and hoping at the same time I wasn't going to drop out of the sky once the laws of gravity and physics started working properly again. That sounds fucking terrifying, Mum. Oh, it was, honey. It, It really was. But since I'm here to tell the tale, you know I managed to get out of it somehow. So stop interrupting and let me keep yakking. Sorry. So to recap on what this fucking crazy-looking Ostium town was like, one, it was broken into around a hundred small pieces. Two, they were not flat, but all tilted at weird and crazy angles. There were even a few that were upside down, and thank God I didn't end up on one of those. Three, it was way the fuck high up in the sky where planes and crazy-ass birds like to hang out. So, to help myself keep cool, which was obviously impossible, I weighed my options and thought about what I could do here to try to get myself through the next few minutes. First thing I tried was zapping myself the hell out of there. I'd arrived here, so why shouldn't I be able to leave just as easily, like I'd done in the other ostiums? I closed my eyes and wished myself anywhere else but here, and this time I clicked my heels together three times Dorothy-style. I opened my eyes and... Damn it! I'm still there. I tried it a couple more times for good luck and didn't budge an inch. So there went that plan. What about a door? That was an option, right? Hadn't worked at all before in my favor. Oh, but maybe this time. I looked at what part of a building I had on my little piece of ostium territory and saw there was a half a door. Uh, Okay. At least it was the half that had the handle. No, not the side with the hinges. How the hell was it staying connected to what was left of the door frame? I hear you ask. I don't fucking know. But I was going to give it a shot anyway. I turned the handle and pushed. 
the damn thing just broke off and gravity started doing its thing. Shit! I really thought that was going to work when it started opening. At this point, I was thinking whatever good vibes and luck I'd earned from the powers that be with Ostium had finally run out and it was time for some really cruddy payback. I had noticed the number on the door, and I shit you not, it was 666. Yeah, hence me thinking that bad luck was coming my way. Then I started looking at the other pieces of Ostium, the ones that were closest to me. More bits of building, one just a flat space, and one that looked like it was flat, but with some sort of pedestal in the middle of it. And I could see from there there was an engraving on top of it. I couldn't make out any words. I also knew I'd never seen anything like this before in any of the ostiums. Closest thing was the map table, and we all know how fucking important that is. But this was different. This was new. And so that automatically meant it might be just as big of a deal. I figured it was all I had to go on right now. In the back of my mind, these pieces could start dropping out of the sky at any moment. And before I knew it, my piece of hallowed ground would be joining them. So I decided at this point, I really had only one option. I needed to find out what was written on that pedestal, and that involved me getting over to that piece of ostium. There was maybe uh, a six-foot space between the two pieces, with the very hard and solid ground distantly below. I slowly pushed myself off from the protective wall I'd been leaning against since I slammed into it. I took a few precarious steps, seeing if this thing was going to swivel like a boat in water, but it stayed firm, solid. I did a little jump, then a bigger one in the same place. Still no movement. Okay, good. Wasn't going anywhere. Now I had to will myself to... Took some very deep breaths. <sighs> and then I just fucking did it. <sighs> God damn! I fucking made it! It took me a long time to get my breath back my heart rate down and, and wanting to prize my fingers and arms from this very solid pedestal. Then I slowly stood up. I didn't know if this new piece of ostium was as solid as the former one. I actually looked back at my old piece of refuge and thought how it looked really fucking far away now. I could not believe I just did that. But I was here and I was still alive and kicking for the time being. Then I looked at the top of the pedestal and started reading. If you've come here by mistake, we apologize. This ostium was never meant to be. It was originally constructed on May 15, 2255, in the Tenari system on the planet Ongwan. The goal was to make the first aerial ostium town. All portents pointed to a resounding success, and it was for five minutes. And then the first skyquake hit. A new phenomenon that had never been witnessed before, and in fact may be localized only to Anguant, or perhaps just the Tenari system. We believe it may have something to do with the proximity of two relatively nearby black holes. 
this pedestal will serve as a warning for any that arrive here to immediately leave if possible, and stands in commemoration to Marion Gao for sacrificing her life to provide valuable research on the subject of the planet Angwan and skyquakes. All the reader need know of these phenomenon is that they appear to occur every eight minutes and 17 seconds. And that was how it fucking ended. I could have started critiquing the message and even reread it a couple of times, but I knew my brain was about to start yelling at me about how much time had already passed in this very fucked up ostium. How long did I have before the next skyquake hit? A minute? Two at the most? Also, where the fuck was the skyquake? <sighs> Guess I was about to find out whether I wanted to or not. I thought about trying to jump back to my former ostium piece where it seemed like there was more protection, but I didn't want to be attempting that when the shit hit the fan. <sighs> so my only option, gotta love those sole single choices when your life stands on the brink, was to crouch down and hug the pedestal like it was a long lost sibling. And then it hit. I held on for dear life as the world around me erupted in a maelstrom. And then my worst fears were confirmed. The pieces of ostium started to twist and turn, some completely flipping around. Yet they still stayed in the same place. Somehow. Still. I was fucking doomed. And then I felt my piece of ostium tilting and turning, and I went with it. I held on for as long as I could, but felt myself slipping, and then... I was falling to my death, and I did the only thing I could. Bloody hell, Mum. How the fuck did you survive that? I think my heart stopped just for a moment hearing your story. Thanks, guys. But as I said, I'm here safe and sound. Though I think that fall took a few years off my life. Maybe added a few grey hairs that I haven't managed to find yet. Yeah, funny. Whatever. What did you bloody do? Again? I did the only thing I thought I could before I went splat on the ground below. I closed my eyes and imagined myself in the next and last ostium on my list. No clicking of the heels this time. It wasn't possible. Holy shit. That takes fucking balls, Monica. I take that as a compliment, Jake. And yes, it did. Unbelievable. I'd offer to get more coffee for everyone, but I think our blood pressure is already going through the roof. So how about some chamomile tea instead? Oh, no thanks, hun. I'm on a roll, and I want to get my story finished. Just one more ostium card to reveal. 
Let's do it then. This ostium is more like the other ones. On solid ground, which made me immediately thankful. But it didn't take me long to notice what was also very different. Above me was a massive dome covering the whole of this ostium, and through it, I could just see blackness. But just like the untethered ostium Jake and I had been on, there was a natural light shining on this town so you could see the buildings and streets and everything. I thought it was another untethered ostium at first. Or maybe even that same one we'd been on. It would be totally possible, no? <laughs> totally fucking typical of ostium, at least. But as I stared at the darkness above the dome, trying to see the stars or something else in what I thought was the firmament above, I saw a massive shadow move across my vision. Then another, and another. All different sizes, but all really fucking big. I caught a hint of iridescent green and what looked like a fin the size of a building. Then I saw a jaw that looked like it could be the length of a fucking football field. Then I saw the teeth. The many, many teeth. Each one had to be the size of a city bus standing on end. So, I understood I wasn't untethered and floating through space. No, this was different, but just as terrible a horror. I was at the bottom of some really fucked up ocean. I headed for the clock tower as fast as I could, quickly noticing I wasn't running on a dirt road, but a fabricated metal platform. I got there fast, opened the door, and ran inside. I needed information. I needed to know where the fuck I was and what my options were. I ran over to the map table and saw it wasn't there. Instead, it was a big old computer screen. I touched it and everything lit up. It said welcome with an ellipses and then a speaker button, which I pressed. Please identify yourself. Monica Chase. Welcome, Monica. What would you like to know? Where the fuck am I? You are in Ostium. And where the fuck is this Ostium? This Ostium is located on the continental rift zone of Lake Baikal. Where the hell is that? Lake Baikal is located in the Commonwealth of Russia, north of the nation of Mongolia. And I don't know if I want to know the answer to this, but I guess I'll ask anyway. How deep are we in Lake Bacal? You are at the bottom, located 1,642 meters, or 5,387 feet below sea level. Damn. Okay. Um, and, uh, and what's it like up on the surface? 5,000 feet up. Do you wish to see images? Sure. The display showed me a destroyed planet. A world that had gone through wars and plagues and destructions and... And there was now nothing left. Not a living soul, not a living thing. 
this was a dead planet. Whether it was once Earth, I couldn't tell. It probably was with these familiar country names, perhaps a different one, but I was honestly too afraid to ask. There was nothing I could do in this ostium. There was nothing for me here. So I closed my eyes for what I hoped would be the last time and actually felt myself praying to the gods of Ostium to get me the fuck out of here and back to the Ostium network and back to you, Jake, and you, Steve. I waited. I opened my eyes. Shit, I was still here, at the bottom of the deepest lake on the planet, and no way out. I was stuck in Ostium again, when I was pretty sure I'd never be able to get out of here on my own. This episode was written, edited, and produced by Alex C. Delander. The part of Jake is performed by Chris Fletcher. The part of Monica is performed by Georgia McKenzie. The part of Zhang is performed by Emily Wong. The part of Steve is performed by Alex C. Delander. Sound design was done by the wonderful Mike Nye of Hail and Well Met Podcasts. For more info, check out hailandwellmetpodcast.com. Music featured in this episode is Untitled by Simon Slater, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Be sure to check out the artist at freemusicarchive.org. The theme song was composed by Chris Fletcher. Thank you to all our patrons on the Ostium Network Patreon. You make this show possible. If you would like to support our shows, you can do that at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. You'll get access to lots of bonus material, including brand new episodes of the Ostium Sagas, the monthly Ostium Network update, and lots of other goodies. For more info on Ostium, our other shows, transcripts, and merchandise, you can visit ostiumnetwork.com. The Ostium Podcast is a member of the Rusty Quill Network. For other great Rusty Quill shows, be sure to check out rustyquill.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for our season finale. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.